Once again, we say, hey, good Monday evening to you. Thank you very much for stopping by. We do appreciate that. It is a fresh episode of the Sportsbook here on 760 WJR. And quite frankly, uh, it feels as though we've just done this. Long time no see. Look at you over there. Hi. You know, there's stalking laws. Yes, indeed. (laughs) Uh, Quality time. Uh, We spent, we hashed things out and... Uh, we built chemistry, I felt like. Yeah, there's no doubt about yeah. that. Uh, not that that was lacking uh, before the tournament. No, but now champion. watch out. Well, holy mackinoli. Uh Yeah, we uh, thoroughly enjoyed the uh, past weekend at the Tournament of Champions at Boyne and Bay Harbor. And uh, that was then. This is now the friendly confines of the Fisher Building. Nothing wrong with this. Good to be home. Yeah, nice to be back. Um, you were, uh, sadly without power for the duration of your trip up north. You, you talk about planning well. I mean, talk about good timing. We had that good horrible Lord. storm Wednesday and then mm-hmm. we cleaned up as much as we could, had no power as of Wednesday, came back from our little party up north to mm-hmm. still no power. So I'm sure people listening have had this happen to them as well. Emptied the entire fridge and threw it in the garbage. Yeah, that's a complete drag. It's uh, just such a waste. Of- yep. No doubt about that. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, uh, you know, and this is kind of a di- in a different vein here. Uh, I was happy to see social media uh, paying tribute to the DTE consumers, energy workers who are out there under yeah. difficult circumstances. And the contractors. Getting everybody back online. Yeah. So. The guys who were working in Gross Point yesterday were lovely, trying their best. They had a southern accent. I'm not sure where they came from to help us, but thank you because we have power now. Yeah, it was all hands on deck. And, and you know what? Look, losing power is a complete and unadulterated drag. There's no question about it. Um, but so is getting everybody back on. Yeah. It's dangerous for crying out loud. Yeah, I mean, it's serious. If you see a down wire, you cannot get anywhere near it. And uh, so thank you to all those people who do that hard work. Well, now we jump into the meat and potatoes of this inaugural segment. But before that, we uh, always thank our good friends at Soaring Eagle Casino and Resort uh, for their support of this program. Uh, Tomorrow night, 6 o'clock, it is the trade deadline in Major League Baseball. The uh, Tigers, as it sits right now... uh, they are still in contention in the woeful AL Central. Um, it is fascinating what's going on. The Tigers, six and a half games behind the Minnesota Twins. The Twins are one game over 500. They're on top of the division. The Cleveland Guardians, they are at 500. They are a half game back. It's going to be very interesting. And you know what, Jamie? We've been talking about this for a while leading up to the deadline. Uh, it's a difficult deal Scott Harris has to, is going through right now. You want to be good at one point. Um, and when I say they're only six and a half games back with some baseball left, to him that probably doesn't matter. I think the moves he is contemplating is for the good long term. Yes. And, you know, it's not his fault whatever happened with Alavila. He's coming in here to create a team the way he wants to. And he has some trading chips right now. So I really do believe, even though it's less than 24 hours before the trade deadline, that the Tigers will be sellers. And Bob Nightingale of USA Today Sports says the Tigers are definitely trading Eduardo Rodriguez and Michael Lorenzen. They're just waiting to see who's going to pay what they want. 
apparently it's a high price tag for both. Well, as it should be, because uh, there is still a premium in Major League Baseball for uh, left-handers, which Eduardo Rodriguez certainly fits that bill. Uh, But there's an interesting dynamic here. First of all, uh, he is in the second season of a five-year, $77 million deal. Of course, he has that opt-out after this season is over. But it was interesting because I was reading this AM that uh, last week he alluded to the fact that, you know what, I could see myself fulfilling my contract obligations in Detroit. Now, that's something that a lot of people don't take into consideration. What if, and I'm just saying what if, he likes it here and he knows what Scott Harris is trying to build? I mean, he may like it here, but I believe he knows it's a business. And when there no deal has been made, you stick with the team you're with. And he's still a Detroit Tiger, so I think he was just saying the right things. I think he knows he's out of here. I think Lorenzen is so sensible for a team that is in contention. Uh, the lone Tiger All-Star uh, has put together a uh, pretty good year. ERA of 3.58, career low walk rate. Uh, and this time of year, what you're going to come across, especially for a guy uh, who is a pending free agent and throwing on a relatively affordable contract um a lot of ball clubs again in contention looking at the postseason uh would love to rent a starting pitcher with some cred yeah of course they would these people that you know assume that they're going to be playing in october they need the cavalry to come in they need some new arms and that's why we're waiting for the highest price i believe uh other names uh of note that have been thrown around uh, come from the bullpen. Jose Cisnero, uh, again, uh, contending teams uh, who uh, need a little help in the bullpen. I think Jose Cisnero uh, would be a pretty attractive candidate, not to mention uh, there are a lot of folks under the impression uh, that he is as good as gone. Yeah, I mean, no one knows anything until it actually happens, right? If you go on Twitter right now, I mean, people are talking about Tarek Skubal. I mean, until you hear from Scott Harris and the Tigers, you don't know. Well, what about a guy like Jason Foley? Again, uh, those in the He's know. He's been great. Yeah, and they're they're saying that he is probably one of the more valuable chips that Scott Harris has. So he's just not going to give them away. Exactly. And we don't know what Scott Harris wants to keep to build for the future either. But th- Foley th- could be in the mix. Uh, yeah, because eventually Scott Harris wants to get the Tigers good consistently. Yeah, they want to be sellers maybe one more time. So, what about a guy like Alex Line, the closer? He's been gr- really option. hot, and then he had some downtime last month or so. Yeah, but still, he's uh, once again shown that he can be uh, on point. And you know, if there's a uh, contending team looking for some uh, closing help or bullpen help, there you go. Right, um, but. I thought we'd have names to be talking about right now. Yeah, the Harris Tigers are is really off. holding off. Well, it, it's interesting because the Tigers off tonight. They uh, started two game series uh, with the Pittsburgh Pirates, your Pirates, uh, tomorrow night. Uh, and I'm thinking, if you're going to move somebody, an off day would be kind of courteous. Yeah, I mean, remember when Austin Jackson was like in the outfield and they had to pull him off the outfield? Yeah. That was awkward. It was sad, too. He didn't want to go. Hey, I was there, actually, randomly. Austin, where are you going? What's up? Oh, 
Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> what about the New York Mets? Got a comment on this. What about them? What an abomination. <laughs> an abomination. Ladies and gentlemen, a Major League Baseball record payroll of more than $350 million. Now, you go back to when spring training was breaking to begin the regular season. If you're a fan of the New York Metropolitans. You were excited. You thought, we are going to win our first World Series since 1986. Meanwhile, there were stanky fans in New York who were thinking, boy, this could be Uh another Subway Series, huh? Yeah. They Uh, have huge arms. Yeah, here's the deal. Uh, The Mets, the free-spending New York Mets, 18 games behind the Atlanta Braves in the National League East. 18 games. They certainly didn't think they'd be sellers. Uh, Not at all. Uh, And then they moved Max Scherzer, the former Tiger. By law, I have to say that, uh, in a trade on Saturday, uh, they moved him to the Texas Rangers, a darn good ball club, by the way. Uh, Now, as part of this deal, Scherzer has elected to opt in uh, to the 2024 season. Well, of course he is. Why not? Uh, Texas is going to pay Scherzer $22.5 million while the Mets will cover more than $35 million of the remaining terms. $35 million. Thanks for to playing. To not have him. Nothing. Right. Nowhere around. That's, He's with another team. That's a bad deal. That is absolutely horrible. Well, there's some thought that Justin Verlander may be moved. He got a two-year $86.66 million deal from the Mets, got his 250th win yesterday, ERA of 3.24, um, and there was a published report that the Braves inquired about his availability. Sports Illustrated thinks Justin Verlander's staying put at the deadline. Hmm. Well, you go back to May 3rd and 4th. Tigers swept that three-game series against the visiting Mets, you recall, and they beat Scherzer and Verlander in the process. So I just wanted to... Send that not the, the teams pole. don't want him, but he is very costly. Oh, extremely. Yeah. What's he like? Forty-three mil a year. Oh my, I don't even know. Yeah, forty-three million dollars. Now you prorate that because how much salary? If the Mets did want to move him, how much salary are they going to eat? They're already taking all that Max Scherzer money. Thirty-five million. <laughs> it is unbelievable. This is. A bust of all busts uh, in Major League Baseball history. There well, at is... least, you know, we're not talking about that in Detroit. Well, you know what? I, I, I think, uh, as I said at the get-go, um, I think the moves that Scott Harris is going to make, nothing short-term. You're, you're going to be looking at uh, long-term viability, are you not? I think you much rather want to be Detroit right now with some young guys performing, still sellers, but like, positivity on the horizon than the Mets who went all in on these guys still have to pay them the leave. And remember when Scott Harris took over, uh, he was very vocal that A.J. Hinch, you know, as the skipper is going to have a say in, you know, personnel matters like this. Yeah. So what's the upside of keeping them? What's the downside? You know, if we want to be contenders in a year or two most, what do we do here? They at least better be a playoff team next year. Look at you (laughs) making demands. Um, I would love to watch the uh, Ladies' World Cup match 
against Portugal. Same. Sadly, it's on a... <laughs> 3 a.m.? 3 a.m. Oh, there was a point in time I just would have pulled an all-nighter. I don't know. On Monday night? I don't see why not. Maybe Saturday. Eh. Well, okay, uh, you could DVR, remain in the bubble, just wake up and then watch it. That's what I'll do. Uh, we'll talk about that. Uh, very intriguing match. Uh, that, we've got some uh, Lions conversation. Oh, and by the way, uh, again, according to uh, some pretty good reports, the Big Ten is not done expanding. Uh, a lot to discuss as we continue with the sportsbook right here on 760 WJR. Now, before we roll on there, partner, I, I just wanted to weigh in on something that is uh, so absolutely ridiculous. Um, I'm having a hard time wrapping my brain around it. Uh, which has been known to happen. Um, but Pat McAfee, uh, who just signed a very lucrative deal uh, with the worldwide leader, ESPN, while they're laying off some wonderful, wonderful people. Um, he's involved in a lot of controversy right now. Uh, somebody tweeted... Um, I still can't believe Michigan State thought it was okay to roll out these uniforms, the neon greens. Right. And, okay, think what you will about those neon greens. Some really enjoyed them. Others, blah. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, McAfee, uh, he just follows up. I think Nasser was in on the design team, actually. Horrible. Who thinks it's okay to make light of that situation? You know, and it really, it really pissed me off um, because I know a lot of very good people who were involved in that horrific incident. And again, our thoughts and our prayers continue to be with the survivors. Of course. Hundreds, hundreds of young ladies, um, were victimized by this absolute monster. And again, I got to clean that up because you know me, especially after spending the weekend again. You know, there's things I really like to say um, about this degenerate. But what gives Pat McAfee the right? And you would think somebody who is in the business. Well, he doesn't have a journalism background. He has a football background. And I think he made his money on being sort of like a shock jock kind of. But this, I think, crosses the line in so many different ways. Do not think before you tweet. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and herein lies the problem. Because we are living in a day and age where you truly, by now, you have to know what the temperature of the room is. I think we just live in this age where it's like, well, let me... Whatever my mind is thinking, I'm going to tweet it out. But did he actually think tweeting this about something so sinister that it was going to be perceived as a joke? Well, someone on Twitter said to him, this is terrible. You better take it down. And he doubled down. It's, uh, it's just not okay. No. And this is a guy, again who just signed this lucrative deal. If you're wondering what it is, five-year, $85 million with ESPN, when ESPN is laying off respected journalists. Very 
respected people. And uh, they did they pay the price for this yin yang? Uh, you know, I, I, I just don't get it. I, I, I just don't understand how in his mind's eye, tweeting that was going to be okay. And that people were going to leave it alone and just move on. You know, once you speak in this business, can't get it back. No. Once you tweet something, you can delete it, but it's, it's out, there. out there. Yeah. And this is absolutely ridiculous. And you know what? A guy in his particular position, and, you know, say what you will about this whole cancel culture thing, you know, because I think we've gone way beyond, you know, maybe what we should be. Yeah, I agree. Because if somebody says something or tweets something or posts something that you don't like, then they're idiots and blah, blah, blah. But in this particular situation, there is no way that you can resolve this to say, oh, can't happen. I'm trying to look at his Twitter right now to see if he's done anything. I don't see anything, but that doesn't mean. Anyway, I just had to uh, vent on that. I mean, you're right. Cancel culture is a bit much. We're all human beings who make mistakes, and there can't just, you can't just cancel people for making mistakes. But there's got to be some remorse, and I don't see that from him. Well, I think McAfee is finding out in short order that, and I'm a big believer in this, for every action there is an equal and from time to time, a more brutal reaction. Well, we'll see. ESPN's probably going to make him apologize. But then that's not genuine. Yeah. Yeah, somebody will write it for him, I'm sure. Right. Anyway, uh, the United States, talking about World Cup here, uh, kind of put themselves in a difficult spot with their draw against the Dutch. Uh, but, yes, they are still favorites to win the World Cup, which would be a three-peat. Never been done before. Uh, I watched the first half against the Netherlands, and it was not good for the United States. Uh, as a matter of fact, uh, the Dutch from time to time seemed like they were just toying with us defensively, especially in the uh, in the middle. And again, I am commenting on this not being a soccer aficionado, right, 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 right. Uh, but I enjoy watching World Cup uh, a great deal. Uh, so you know it was. Nice to see uh, Trinity Rodman. Uh, it was nice to see Sophia Smith, some of the younger talent we have on this club. And it'd be nice to see them be able to finish. Uh, because, look, if they lose, if they lose to Portugal at 3 a.m., they done. And yes. that would be a shocker. That would be because they've beaten Portugal 10 out of 10 times. And they never gave up a goal. So you would think they would win. Now, to get a favorable position moving on, they have to score a bunch of goals. Well, and, yeah, just in case you're wondering, yes, if the United States was to lose to Portugal, they could still advance. Um, but the Netherlands would have to lose to Vietnam. And we saw Vietnam. Yeah, and uh, that, quite frankly, is not happening. So, uh all the best to Team USA. Let's get her done, shall we? Uh, again, 3 a.m. is the, watching? Is the match time. Mm. You're going to DVR? I'm rolling. That's uh, what I'm going to do. I'm going to roll and then watch it in the morning. 
especially long, if we win. How long are the games? 90 minutes? A couple hours. Okay, say it's two hours. The baby usually wakes up at 6.15. I'm going to DVR it and start watching it real quick when we wake up. Oh, there you go. And it was interesting because Wednesday night I was able to watch it. It, it, it started at 9 o'clock, uh, the match against the Dutch. And I watched it in its entirety. And then uh, because of the storm, I had no power or uh, no cable or Internet the following day. <laughs> so it was divine intervention, I think. I was able to watch it. I'll watch World Cup games, men and women. It's fun. It is. But when it's not World Cup, I'm out. Um, yeah, because uh, once you get to a one nothing lead, that's pretty much insurmountable. <laughs> <laughs> you just, not a whole lot you can do. And then when they get close past midfield, everyone in the crowd's like, oh. Yeah, and, you know, it's uh, just one of those deals. But I, I, I truly appreciate the strategy. But I think we we didn't substitute at all in the match against the Netherlands. Meanwhile, they substitute like five times. Again, I don't really know what goes into that. Right. You know, but. We're just very conditioned Americans, apparently. I guess so. Uh, yeah. Hey, folks, the uh, Big Ten, they're not done expanding. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what is in the works potentially when we return to the sportsbook right here on 760 WJR. Yes, indeed, the uh, sportsbook rolls on here on 760 WJR. I thought one of the more intriguing aspects of this 2023 MLB trade deadline was uh, Shohei Otani, but he's staying there in yeah, Los they're Angeles. Like, no, we're not letting this generational talent go. I don't know if they're going to step up with a half a billion. Ah, what's a half a bill? <laughs> you know, isn't that something? The numbers we discuss in the sports world, I just can't even wrap my head around. It's insane. And look, I don't want to be the old guy uh, that says an LK line turned down a hundred grand a year because he thought it was too much money. But you know, everything is uh, everything is uh, you know. What's the uh, term? Yeah. I, mean, I once said to Rod Maloney over at, um, where I work at Channel 4, I'm like, these numbers are crazy. He's like, no, they're not. It's what the market bears. Well, and I agree because if somebody's going to give you. Then that's what you're worth. There you go. If you're not worth it, who's going to pay that? Well, you know what? I think I'm worth half a bill. Okay. <laughs> I'm right there with you. Um, but when, you, when you're bringing a half a billion dollars into an athletic contract it's it's life changing now yeah. it's what are the parameters now we i was talking about this with my husband with the whole lottery thing and you know what would you do if you won or something i get why if you win whatever 500 million dollars your whole right. life changes cuz where's your motivation you certainly don't want to go to work every day well, and that's been kind of the argument as salaries in sport have escalated clearly for a number of years. You know, the amount of money involved in sports right now, uh, that point is moot because it's just tired. I mean, um, there, there's 30 million a year, 40 million a year, 50. If I could hit a 95 mile an hour fastball, that's probably the way I would have gone. <laughs> but, um, you know, hypothetically, Otani gets a half a billion dollar contract. Okay. What does that do to sports salaries in general? I mean, pushes granted, everybody up. Well, all yeah, the boats rise. There's only one Shohei, uh, Shohei Otani. 
Yeah. Only one. Never seen what he's capable of doing. And I don't know if we ever will again. And I should know better than to say never. Right. But the dude is so gifted. Uh, is he worth it? Well, if the well, angels Rod are, Maloney says yes. If the, and if Maloney says it's, if, yeah. it's good, then it's good. And if the angels pay him more importantly or anybody else, then, yeah, he's worth it. All right, got to talk about this. Uh, college expansion. Uh, been kind of a crazy deal over the last year or so. The uh, Big Ten uh, has had their fair share to do with that statement. Uh, the conference obviously adds USC, UCLA. That will go into effect uh, in 2024. But according to reports from Barstool's Jack McGuire, he is hearing a rumor that the Big Ten is adding four schools this week. Clemson? Florida State, Oregon, and Washington. What is the, where'd you get this from? Barstool? Barstool Sports, Jack McGuire. You can, you know, take what he says, you know, as, you know, reliable. You you say that super conferences are coming, and this would certainly bring power to the Big Ten even more. Well, clearly, the ACC would be bummed. A couple (laughs) of teams from there. Uh, and more from the Pac. The Pac-12 the Pac is over. Pac-12 seems They're, to be crumbling. It's, it's over. Uh, let's have a service for them. Uh, remove your hats. Uh, it's done. Uh, should this come to fruition? Um, losing USC, UCLA, uh, clearly uh, unbelievable. Then you add Oregon and Washington. Uh, they have been connected to the Big Ten for a while now, and then uh, rumors kind of went away. Uh, The expectation, by the way, is that the Pac-12 is done for. Uh, Eventually, schools like Arizona, Arizona State, and Utah will likely head to the Big 12. Oregon and Washington, they're looking for a new home, which will be the Big 10. Unbelievable. The name will not be accurate, Big 10. It's not accurate now. I know. Hasn't been accurate for a while. It's weird to me. Big 12. But getting back to, you you know, your point there, Jane, and I've been saying this for a while, that the NCAA should have been torn apart years ago and brought back in to the new millennium. Um, When you have news like this pertaining to the Big Ten, the Big 12, whomever, SEC, ACC, whatever, if you're going to go to this uh, uh, three- super conference deal what are they going to need the ncaa for they're not they won't they'll do their own thing they'll govern themselves which they should but the ncaa will still have prowess over there are other sports yeah but uh you know with all these schools coming into the big 10 i'm sure all the other sports are going to continue you know one in all in type thing hopefully female sports remain I would imagine so. And, like, at the same level. See, but the trickle down of that is, and, again, everything comes down to money. You know, once UCLA and USC are in, let alone the uh, schools that we just discussed, uh, in particular uh, coming from the Pac-12, you know, your travel costs are going to be astronomical. Well, you have to crisscross the country. So whenever possible. Unless they're divisions. I would imagine what they're going to try and do Uh, and you can certainly attempt it in basketball anyway, is if 
USC is going to play at Michigan State. Uh, they can try and arrange it where the men's and women's teams will play. duplicate. Yeah. To try and cut. I, I don't know. I, I'm just throwing things against the wall. Far I'm, be it for me to tell anybody <laughs> what to do financially. Scheduling is, that's very interesting to me. For any of these sports teams, I'm interested in how they figure this all out. Well, uh, we we got a little glimpse uh, into the uh, 2024 Big Ten schedule not that long ago. And I found it interesting that uh, in 2024, Michigan State will not see UCLA or USC. The following year, I think they get UCLA on the road and USC at home. If memory serves. Interesting. So, uh, you know, that's going to be. It will be fun. Well, and then you throw uh, four more, Clemson, Florida State, Oregon, and Washington. Thank goodness they're doing away with the divisions. Oh, man. Thank, you know what? Just the West. Play. I mean, the West. What did the West bring? Nothing. Right. Never won it. They brought Iowa to the Big Ten Championship. Then your Northwestern Wildcats would have a good year every once in a while. They were there. They're in shambles. Right. <laughs> I'm sorry that, uh, yeah, the Wildcats. Holy macanoli. Yeah. Who'd have thunk? Well, Never know what's happening behind closed doors. You were uh, out in Allen Park today. I was. You want to talk Lions? Yeah. Uh, a little something-something uh, to discuss there. Uh, we'll do just that as we continue with the sports book here on 760 WJR. All right. The 2023 edition of your Detroit Lions training camp officially one week old as of yesterday. And uh, another little something-something to pass along. Uh, Penny Sewell, the Pro Bowl offensive tackle, uh, did not go in Saturday's practice. He is in concussion protocol. Uh, Dan Campbell says, don't you worry about a thing. He'll be fine. He is expected to return come Wednesday. That's good. It's so early. It's going to be fine. I mean, uh, you get yourself uh, all wrapped up. You know, you, you want him to get their work done. You want him to have the reps. You want him to have game reps, but you don't want him to get hurt. <laughs> so put him in bubble wrap for and crying out loud. And this offensive line just got healthy and just started practicing together, and they're so excited about that. You know, this O-line, obviously very highly regarded uh, throughout the league. I would I would call it, if they're able to maintain their health, uh, probably top three in the league. Yeah. I don't have a problem labeling them that. No. I mean, they were maybe the top in the league last year, at least at the end of the season, those last 10 games. Right. Well, uh, I get a little nervous uh, during training camp, and especially uh, when, you know, there's so much expectation here. I mean, what's Dan Campbell call it? The hype train? Well, it was in full effect today. I was there with the fans, not the fans were there Saturday, Sunday. I was obviously up north with you, but I was there today with the fans. Nine practices are open to the public. 3,500 tickets a day. They sold in six hours. Hmm. Oh, the uh, the organization is hot. There's uh, absolutely no question about that. And hopefully it uh, translates into something. Now, you know, I'm still a little bit bummed out about Jamison Williams. Um you know, I was expecting big things from him. And, you know, Lions worked with him in his injury uh, last year, got him in when they th- 
saw fit. Um, and then the gambling thing. I think it's just really hard to understand what, again, the logic was there. And please don't tell me that you didn't know because you knew. And now, first six games without him. Well, yeah, and so he's got to really put in work during training camp because he can't play or practice for six games, and he struggled today. He dropped a lot of passes. Well, you know, and here's the thing, because, you know, once we get into uh, preseason stuff uh, or once the uh, regular season begins, he's done. Nothing. Can't do anything. Right. Um, Team-related. He could do preseason practice and preseason games. Then he has to right. step aside. So there's, again, very valuable reps for a kid in his second year that he is going to severely miss. Okay, injury is one thing. Right. This is different. But and this is his first training camp, basically, because he was injured last year. Right. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It uh, kind of bums me out, but... Um, you know, we'll see what goes down. Meanwhile, uh, hearing glowing reports on Jared Goff. Yes, uh, I know that's what Frank, I was going to say. Frank Ragnow uh, saying, look, this dude knows the offense inside and out. Very comfortable, obviously, with Ben Johnson, the offensive coordinator, who uh, thought high enough about what's going on here with the Lions that he nixed any head coaching opportunities. Still, I think that's huge. Huge! Today, the players who talked to the media were Marvin Jones Jr., Marvin Jones Jr., Jonah Jackson, and Jamison Williams. And all three guys talked about Jared Goff, and especially Marvin Jones Jr., who's this veteran. They said to him, what do you see out of Goff? This is, you know, something you would know. And he was like, it's the anticipation that he sees with Goff. That's like he can just see the field, anticipate what's going to happen, and that's something that Marvin Jones thinks is A-plus. Well, you know, it's it's just a big vibe going on right now. Big vibe. Love fest? Of course it is. Yes. Um, but it is neat that it's not only really locally. It's uh, nationwide for crying out loud. Yeah, and all the players are saying the right things, that they're not taking this to heart. They haven't won anything yet. They're still the underdogs. Don't worry about us. We're just like face, you know, faces down getting to work, which is the right thing to say. And I hope that's true. Well, I want to discuss, uh, uh, let's talk about some other franchises in the National Football League here. What about Sean Payton, uh, new head coach of the Denver Broncos? And did he step in it or what? Very rarely, very rarely do you see coaches going after one another. Yeah. Uh, speaking to uh, the USA Today, Peyton said Nathaniel Hackett turned in, and the quote here, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL with the Broncos last season. <laughs> Shots fired. Uh, he did point out Hackett wasn't solely responsible for the issues that plagued the Broncos last year. He said the entire organization got embarrassed because they spent so much expletive time trying to win the offseason, the PR, the pomp and circumstance, marching people around and all this stuff. Uh, the 59-year-old also called out the poor offensive line and noted everybody's got a little stink on their hands in reference to the struggles Russell Wilson had. But to 
you know, go out. And by all accounts, Nathaniel Hackett, you know, he didn't work out in Denver, but he had a heck of a resume as the offensive coordinator with uh, Aaron What's-His-Face and the Packers. Well, he, he's got a little, got a little uh, resume there in the NFL. We talk about Aaron Rodgers a lot on the show. I think he said the right thing when he com- he put his hat in this mix. He said that those comments by Peyton were inappropriate. You're not supposed to put down another coach like never that at this level. And I agree with Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, and he, he said Peyton must feel, quote, insecure to tear down another coach like that. But to put it the way that Sean Payton did, and I got nothing but respect for Sean Payton. I think he is a hell of a coach. And I don't think he was a bad analyst either. Uh, I actually his, liked him on TV. You know, with Fox. Yeah. I thought he did a yeoman's work. But to say one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL, that is one hell of an indictment. I just think it's inappropriate as well. It, uh, it's just, why would you do that? Especially since it's over now. Yeah, there was uh, absolutely nothing to be gained. Oh, and by the way, he has since come out and said, look, I apologize. Uh, should have never done it. Uh, feel horrible. Blah, blah, blah. But this goes back to where you were talking about that Joker McAfee uh, and that hideous tweet that he puts out. Once it's out. It's out. You can apologize all you want. And more times than not, when you weigh in on something that he had no business weighing in on, the lives affected. He doesn't know what happened. Like, he, get out of here. Well, and now Sean Payton's kind of in the same deal. Why? Why even take it to that level? I just don't get it. I mean, Hackett was fired before the end of the first season. Why is he even discussing it now? It didn't work out. Right. But usually there's professional courtesy among coaches, in particular in the NFL. You know, and look, Sean Payton knows a lot about the game. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but to take off on the guy that had your job previous, you know, that's uh, kind of below board a little bit. Again, don't you feel most comfortable with what's going on in this city and you don't have to deal with crap like that? Everything seems to be going along very well. Now, obviously, and we've discussed it, it has been discussed uh, that there's been a little bit of a lull uh, as far as Detroit sports goes. That is true. And it seems as though uh, we're starting to work out of it, you know, with what Stevie Y is doing with the Red Wings and uh, the deals that he made there, bringing in goal scorers and, um, you know, clearly the Lions. The Lions are the top of the list. Five years ago. Would you have said no? They would uh, get to the promised land. Was first. five years ago the Matt Patricia era? Yes. Then no, I wouldn't have said that. Uh, well, no, five years ago. Yeah, five years ago. Certainly three years ago well, was the end. We're in year three of Dan Campbell, are we mm-hmm. not? So, so uh, yeah, there's that. Then the Pistons, you know, they're on they're 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 on the upswing. Monty Williams, yeah. Welcome. He's Welcome gonna, to Detroit. Going to be the guy. Um, Asar Thompson looked good. Like, there's a high ups, upside with him. So, we'll see. And there was high expectation going into last season. Then Kate Cunningham got hurt, and that was that. But I do have a lot of belief in Scott Harris. You know, don't know the guy. Um, he's kind of new. He's going through uh, the deal with the Old English Deers for the first time. Um, but we'll see. But here we are. 
just about 8 o'clock, the night before the trade deadline. And uh, Crickets. All is well. <laughs> I think by tomorrow we'll have some news. Now, if you're one of the guys that your name's been... That must been, be weird. It's got to be extremely weird. Waiting for a call. Are you leaving or not? You know, your cell phone rings and it's, you know, your brother or, you know, something. everybody jumps when the cell phone ring, I'm sure. Well, anyway, we are uh, out of time. Unbelievable how it just flies by. I know. Huh? Kibitzing is fun. Yeah, and uh, we'll have more when we uh, reconvene next week. Parker, fine job as always, young fella, uh, in charge of the uh, buttons and all that other stuff you got going. And such. Uh, And as always, thank you all very much for listening to the sports book here on 760 WJR. Go USA.